I got to be honest. I think this might be the most like upsetting and stupid graph that I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Um, I know that I'm not intelligent, but when I tell you that I had a difficult time parsing this, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. First of all, which media organizations are trusted more by Democrats and by Republicans? Yeah. So it's a, there's a YouGov poll from March 26th to 29th is uh, what they've charted here. Um, and they give you a little red dot for where Republicans sit, a little blue dot for where Democrats sit, and a little purple for the average. It's always it's very funny to me that a lot of right wing publications are way closer. It could, okay, so it's divided up into three categories. It is Republicans, Democrats, and U.S. adult citizens, which is fair. I don't think that Democrats or Republicans should count <laughs> as legal adults. Um Tom, I think U.S. adult citizens is just the average of the two. I don't think so. Tom, I don't think you know how to read a graph. I don't think I know how to read a goddamn graph either. That's what I th- said 30 fucking <laughs> seconds ago. It's my whole issue with this right. thing. Goddamn. So, so the actual, like, the percentage actually comes from how trustworthy do you rate the news reported by the following broadcast, print, or digital media uh, organizations? And then... It's the percent who say each organization is trustworthy or somewhat trustworthy. And you've got a bunch of uh, news groups here. Um, you have like CBS, ABC, Wall Street Journal, CNN. Reuters. Yeah, New York Times, Washington Post. Yeah. yeah. All, the all, the, all the classics. And of course, you know, only. I mean, there's only a couple publications here that Republicans uh, trust or more than 20 percent of Republicans trust. And those are the BBC, the Wall Street Journal, OAN, Fox, Fox. and Breitbart. <laughs> and Newsmax, you forgot Newsmax. And Newsmax, okay. I mean, Greg Kelly got his start on Newsmax. I think it's a, I think it's a fairly reputable source. Actually, wait, no, he got his start on fucking yeah. ABC, didn't he? ABC and Family. You could, you could make some... You can make some big statement about, you know, Republicans and, you know, encouraging, uh, you know, discouraging media literacy and shit. But that's not funny. And what is funny is the publications that. Um, where does the Sunday morning podcast fall? Uh, zero. Uh, where did zero percent trust from Republicans and, and Democrats? Negative uh, percent trust from Democrats. What about. The trust from like little weird goblins. One hundred percent trust. Like what about what about that one hundred percent? Okay, that's a that's news a by goblins for goblins. Uh, every single one of our listeners is a weird little fucking freak who lives in a cave, and we exactly. love you all for it. So there's some there's some news stations on here that stand out. You know, you got the far right ones, you got the far left ones, you got the middle ones. We've talked about all those. Um, there is one we've left to, out. <laughs> It's interesting to note here uh, that uh, the Wall Street Journal is one of the ones with the smallest gap between the Republicans and Democrats who trust it. Uh, There's a huge gap in PBS, like 70% of uh, liberals trust PBS. The one that freaks me the fuck out is uh, 63% of Democrats and 50% of Republicans rate uh this organization as very trustworthy or somewhat trustworthy that oh can i take a guess folks, can i take a guess yeah <laughs> is it um <laughs> god I, I was gonna go somewhere with that but it's the fucking weather channel <laughs> is it the irs <laughs> it's the weather channel. who the fuck doesn't trust the weather channel no hear me Find out today. Me the fucking weirdo out there who's like oh I don't trust the weather. Whenever they tell me that it's 70 and sunny, they're, they're perpetuating fake news. I look, if you meet y'all know where I live all winter, they would tell us, Oh, today y'all are, y'all are going to get like one to two inches of snow. And we'd get like fucking seven to nine every fucking time. So I get that. I get not trusting the weather channel. I am not entirely sure as to why they decided to include it on a poll with things like BBC and CNN. Um, I'm also not quite sure why they decided to include fucking PBS. That feels like the most... 
insane one. To, I, I, it, it rivals the Weather Channel for me. You know, whenever uh, old reruns of fucking Reading Rainbow come on, I'm always thinking about how it's liberal propaganda designed. <laughs> yeah, to- it's like, <laughs> yeah, like. Like you're watching, you're watching Wishbone, and you're getting pissed <laughs> off that like your kids are being indoctrinated to be trans. Dragon like. Tales is some George Soros fucking trash. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like who are the fucking weirdos out there who believe these things? I the I still can't get over the weather. The weather. Shut up about PBS. The fucking Weather Channel. I, this I is not trusting one in every two Republicans you meet does not trust the fucking Weather Channel. <laughs> And like I get, I get like the oh, they said there was going to be this much rain, and there was this much rain. But the way they frame this makes it sound like there's like a partisan reason. Like, who believes that the Weather Channel? You know, whenever I go on the fucking Weather Channel and they tell me there's going to be hail, I uh, cover my children's ears so that they don't become transgender. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's Speaking what I of, think. I got no. Fuck the Weather Channel. Speaking of, we were not supposed to get hail today, so I didn't bring my fucking umbrella to class, and I'm walking back, and guess what happens? Hail. I'm on the Republican side here. I gotta, I gotta hand it to Can we get a clip of that? Lyle? Lyle, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bag him and yeah, tag him, I would boy. like to add that. I will buy Voice Mod Pro for a fucking year if I can put that on my soundboard. <laughs> but no, uh, I really do think that, like, what is more insane than 50% of Republicans not trusting the Weather Channel is that some writer at the New York Times decided that it was like newsworthy enough that they were like, we have to ask people whether or not they believe in the Weather Channel as an institution. And it's like, has that ever before in like the history of, of, of the <laughs> human, like a, in the history of the time that meteorology has existed, has that ever been a thing like push back against like, like what big, big weather? weather? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're trying to sell you more umbrellas. Like, okay. I want to know what is the partisan argument against the weather channel? Like, is it a, is it a critical race theory thing? Is it, it's gotta know, be climate change stuff. Like that's the only thing oh, I can think of. You know, is it's that like, might be it. They're like, Oh, well, they're reporting that it's really hot out today. And it's like my skin caught on fire when I walked outside my front door. So, like, yes, I think that's <laughs> fair. But I think that that is probably it the basis. It was actually only 70 degrees. Tom's just very ill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I, another thing. Um, Have you ever seen a weatherman who's not, no. like, a little bit fruity? Like, <laughs> I've never seen a weatherman. <laughs> Yo, you're right. That might be why they take issue with it. Okay, but all of the weather. I mean, they do got those little gay like, names. Like they do, like the little like like drag thing. Even if they're straight, like they do the little like they call themselves like what stormy are you talking weathers. About like, have you never seen a fucking like local news weather anchor that calls themselves something that has to do with the weather? Like they change either their first or their last name, so it's some kind of catchy tagline. You've never seen that. Absolutely fucking not. What is my my weather people? Yo, oh, your weather, weather people. people your weather people. <laughs> you got weather people. <laughs> I haven't had news like like TV news in fucking forever. So I'm trying to figure out what my newsman is called. The good thing, really, you know, once you pull all these different groups of people, the good thing is that 100 percent of people die. of people polled have told me personally that the Sunday morning podcast is a trusted media institution that they reach out to for just, just dog shit. Whenever you need just dog shit coverage of stupid things, that's when you come to us. In other news, Hillary Clinton has been found stealing fetuses. All right, back to you, Tom. Good mythical morning, Sunday mythical morning. Hey, wait, no, that's copyright. (laughs) 
It's copyright. <laughs> good morning. Sunday morning. This week, we're going to teach you how to kill your boss. Is that good? Is that a good? I, I, I don't know if that's good. I don't, I don't know no? if that's what we're I'm going to let for Lyle here. bleep just the kill so that it, it could be interpreted as fuck, fuck your, your boss. boss okay. That'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like yeah. that. Yeah. That's good. Okay. All right. Um, anyways, sorry. All right. I'm Tom. As always, I got with me Alex. Hey. And Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in, in, in all honesty, that's, you know, we, we are, we are planning this week to talk about Amazon, the, the current labor movement that is going on. I know everybody has been kind of keeping up with, with what has been going on with the first Amazon union in Staten Island. We plan on, on just talking about that general labor movement. And we have also got an exciting update on the Starbucks that are unionizing. Uh, honestly, one of my favorite things that we continue to do is just kind of keep up with that. We're up to what, 13 that have officially voted and over 200 that have filed. I think it's 12 that have officially voted, but 12. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I yeah. fucking 11 for 12. Only one of them has failed. Is that it? Only one. Yeah. As far as I'm aware. That one that failed, it's actually been brought up to the NLRB um, to contest the results. Really? I was about to say fucking Bessemer, but that was Amazon. No, yeah, it, it, it was a Buffalo location, I'm yeah. certain. But um, yeah, that's our agenda for today. And then I think to round out the evening or the morning, rather, um, <laughs> I forget we're a morning <laughs> podcast. Uh, we do have an update. It's in the fucking name, idiot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do have an update piece of shit Zach. on the abortion fetus heist that we talked about last week. Yeah. So stick around for that on Lauren Handy's Jenkin. What's her actual name? I genuinely don't uh, remember Lauren Handy's Hazel Jenkins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That doesn't clear anything up. Isn't it literally Lauren Handy? I, I listened to the episode I that we talked Handy. about her like this morning and I don't. Um. I think it's Lauren Handy, and then her like fake name was Hazel, Hazel Jenkins, Jenkins. Yeah, and we portmanteaued that into Handy Jenkins, which sounds like an old janitor, and made a bunch of riffs. Hey, about Handy that, Jenkins is my best correct. friend. You right, think we're Handy not Jenkins a lot? We already, we'll, we'll we already spent later. fucking eight <laughs> minutes on that last episode. We can't do that again. Do we? Uh, do we want to get into the Amazon Union? Yes. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Um. First Amazon union ever. Amazon's been around for 28 years now, and every attempt that has ever been made to unionize a warehouse has been successfully squashed until this last week. And in Staten Island, there is a warehouse. About 8,300 people are employed there, and they successfully voted to unionize just in this last week. And it's, uh, Honestly, the most excited I've felt about something in, in a long fucking time. It, it makes me feel energetic and I actually feel good about being alive. Like for the first time in quite a while is seeing these fucking freaks and these like white collar people who are making $450,000 a year to squash things exactly like this to just watch them fucking squirm. It's incredible, and it is, it is a massive win for anybody who gives a shit about the rights of workers anywhere. It's also a big win just on scale. Like, not to disparage any of the Starbucks unions, but, you know, they're like 10 or 15 people at a time. 8,300 people unionizing? That's a big fucking, in that's one go, huge. that's huge. I was shocked to learn huge. that it was that many. I mean, even like I, you know, I worked for Amazon for a while. I think I've spoken about it on here. Um, you know, I, like I, I worked at one of those warehouses and I mean, we had max like 1500, like 2000 people, maybe like, I cannot imagine 8,000 fucking workers and being able to organize them in, in a way that is meaningful that you are able to put together a, a list of demands of the things that you want and the things that you deserve as, as a worker. I think it's kind of a watershed moment. I do. I, I think that it's something that is massive, not because, you know, something we have talked about is that there is very obviously a big labor movement that has been going on these past couple of years. And it is something that is very cool to see. But a win against 
a fucking behemoth like Amazon is insane. I mean, they spent, what, $5 million suppressing just this unionization effort, which should tell you just how fucking scared they are, that they are shitting their fucking pants. And the the thing, I don't know if any of our listeners have been keeping up with uh, the Amazon labor union on social media. They got like TikTok and Twitter and shit like that. None of the organization efforts that they did were like actually money investments. It no. was it was things like like they would bring in some catering that like they had made and just like serve hot breakfasts to people. The the crazy thing to me about the ALU specifically, I'm just gonna refer to the Amazon Labor Union as the ALU because it's we're gonna say that name so many fucking times this episode and I'll kill myself if I have to say it every time. So like a normal union is just, you know, current employees, former employees, and professional union staffers who who like explicitly make it a mission to go around organizing. And they they, you know, take dues and they use those dues for union causes. It's the structure that most of us are familiar with. Mm-hmm. The ALU is slightly different. It's uh independent union. Um, they don't really have any you know, any, you know, big dogs. They don't have any professional union organizers. It's just guys. It's just like some people talking to each other. It's fucking wild because they were able to do probably one of the largest organization efforts of the past, you know, several years, just talking to each other. They did have uh, somebody Tom's going to talk about in a little bit, though, was Chris Smalls. Uh, who sort of became the figurehead of the organization effort and has sort of championed it as it's gone along. Um, I mean, they've been, they've just been fucking going at it. They're raising their money through GoFundMes instead of, you know, the traditional process. It's a lot of just peer-to-peer, person-to-person organizing. It's fucking cool. That is what is so fucking exciting to me about everything, is that, We've got this where there is so much anti-union propaganda as it exists currently. And we are finally seeing for the first time a response from the labor movement that has enough teeth to take down bullshit like that. Because it's not just it 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 is it, it differs from, oh, you gotta pay union dues. There are these, you know, existing unions, they've got to vote, they've got to do this, you gotta to answer to this person, all of that. And it it changes the framing of it. It's the same thing, but it is and and this is truly what I would recommend to anybody who's like trying to organize their workplaces. Like you have to have your coworkers believe that you have their best interest in mind. You mm-hmm. have Like they have to fully believe and have confidence that you are going to do the things that you can do and that need to be done in order to protect their rights, in order to protect them and and their jobs and their livelihoods and and all of that. You know, I mean, it's it's how people provide for themselves. It's how people provide for their families. And so it is a very big gamble to ask somebody to do something like join a union whenever there is so much obvious anti-union propaganda so much vitriol against it from everybody obviously like an upper management and i think that an approach of being able to like speak to somebody and say like hey look like is this not what you want like you don't need a professional union staffer in there you don't need somebody who gets paid to do this shit you need somebody who is going to be the same as you who is going to be able to look you in the eyes who does the exact same fucking job as you and understands everything that you go through and the difficulties that you face. I do think that labor organizers are important. I do not want to discount that in any way. I just mm-hmm. think that in the new age of what we are experiencing, that we have to be able to adapt and overcome because if not, then the labor movement is going to die. Well, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And, and like, like talking about adapting and overcoming, say what you will about I'm I'm going to bring this back to 2008. <clears throat> Say what you will about, you know, social media and how that's come to play a role in elections and everything like that. But like we are finally, finally, finally seeing the grassroots infrastructure that was built for like, like it, 
like it was founded on the ground of the Obama campaign. We are finally seeing that put to use outside of, you know, um, the typical electoral politics. Yeah. Occupy all that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you outside of stupid shit. We this is bringing actual dividends to people like instead of just fading away. I mean, like GoFundMe as a source of funds. That's that's one of the hardest issues for people trying to unionize to overcome is like, where do you get your base of funds to just sort of support yourselves? Um, you know, build a strike fund, uh, provide yeah. for people. Yeah. I, we can do that with GoFundMe. Now you have TikTok, you have Twitter that's able to communicate, um, the actual demands to the people outside of the company. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to go see the picket line to see what they have on their signs anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge part of the demonization of unions. Like the average person in this country is against unions because of all this propaganda. But when you can see what these people want, when that can be communicated, that is adapting and overcoming. That's a new ground for yeah. unions. And that is definitely, I think, one of the reasons the Starbucks unions um, have been going on. The Amazon union, the John Deere strike, the Kellogg strike. Uh, yeah, I've been online for quite a while. and. Not until the last six months have I seen the level of, you know, organization um, and how that's been taken into like the digital space. I do want to say something, though, about the. No, it's (laughs) genuinely impressive with uh, what they've managed to do without, you know, resources, because you're you're right, Tom, like you were saying you, uh, you need somebody who's your coworker who knows what you're going through, but you do also need, you, you know, uh, organization experience. Like you, you need to know how to organize. It's so, 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 so difficult to organize without conventional uh, experience and organization. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's like uh, the DSA offers, you know, like, organizing 101 type shit but it's so tricky to do organizing without experience in organizing and even with experience fuck with experience yeah it's still hard on on top of that they appear professional like we talked about the starbucks unions a couple episodes ago and we were kind of ragging on their website and you know their website looked it looked like just some guys had thrown it together ragging on the anti-union website no, even the pro the pro union website was it it was low it like it looked low effort. It looked like oh. some just some guys had thrown it together. Some GeoCity we stuff. About, for the record, for the record, I wasn't making fun of the pro union website. That's we awesome. were talking about it looks like that because it was just made by a few guys. You know, it wasn't made by the larger union itself that hires a bunch of web designers and could make it look visually impressive. The Amazon Labor Union, their website looks nice. Their TikTok looks really nice. Their videos are engaging and go viral pretty often. Their Twitter is good. Like all of their shit looks high quality and professional. And it's just some fucking dudes. None of of it is professional organizing. It's crazy to me how good they've done with just people. That that is the power of the grassroots thing, because like, like if I can speak to it a little bit. I'm not going to say for what union, but I worked as a, you know, hired professional organizer for um, a pretty sizable, pretty influential union. And, um, you know, you can go in as an organizer, you can go talk to people, but the Mm -hmm. way that traditional professional organizing has like carried on into now, you're not going to break any ground unless, you know, you're talking to people in industries that are already pretty union friendly. Um, it's, I mean, it's the yeah. same shit they've been doing for, you know, God knows how you're long an outsider. you're an outsider and everything. And <clears throat> the fact that these people are running it entirely themselves, they can dictate, you know, um, it, it's just fucking grassroots rocks. Like I, I know yeah. there's a lot of valid criticisms of gra- any grassroots movement, but this stuff makes me proud to see what we're accomplishing. I, like, I think you do also benefit from size there because 
if you're unionizing 8,300 people, there's a pretty goddamn good guarantee that one of those guys is going to, you know, know how to do web design on the side and is going to be able to make your website look pretty cool. Right. Right. Yeah. But I also just think law that of it, averages. it speaks to kind of what Zach was saying earlier about like the power of social media. It's like a, a previously kind of untapped tool for organizing. And I've seen it used so effectively. It's, it's anything from social media. It's, it's, you know, TikToks of people on strike. It is tweets of people about, you know, their working conditions, what they're going through, whether it's, it's shitty Mm -hmm. managers, company-wide, anything like that. Like people are able to communicate that with other people. You are able to see that, no, it is not an isolated incident. What your boss is doing to you is not an accident. It's not, oh, just a silly slip up. It is something that is intentionally and maliciously done to harm you in the name of helping the company. And it's like, I think that that is something that really needs to be utilized. And I think it is something that a lot of people have tried to do in the past in terms of organizing, but something that I really haven't seen a lot of until, yeah, like the the Amazon labor union, the the ALU, like it was, I see videos of them all the time. Like you said, they are, they are well-produced. They are well put out. And in order to, have a labor movement that is going to keep up with the current generation. We need to have people in the current generation who are willing to keep up with it and who are willing to propagate the ideals of it. And I think Mm -hmm. that we have that for the first time in a long time. I mean, I'm seeing so many more young people interested in the idea of unions. I mean, even my fucking... The point is that like we like there are people that we are seeing that have have been just kind of go with the flow because it's comfortable for them mm-hmm. who are becoming more and more in support of the workers. And I don't know if it's because it is it is it's trendy right now. It's it's nice. I'm I'm fine with that personally. I I don't want it to be a trend. I don't want people fighting for the basic like human rights and and dignity of people who are just working jobs to be some kind of trend. But I also think that if it helps our people gain footing, like, yeah, fuck it. (laughs) Exactly. Like, who gives a shit? With a trend, like so much of American politics has just been boiled down to fucking individual aesthetic choices. I don't care if it's a trend. That is, (laughs) you know. Yeah. If it it benefits me. Even beyond that, that that is still you are choosing the aesthetics of radical politics and you're you're you know, you're perpetuating it. That's how the fucking now individual <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> to push back against Zach, you were saying individual aesthetic choices. That's actually something that I'm seeing less and less of. It I'm seeing more of a collectivist sort of mindset on, uh, you know, uh two two places. Starbucks unions, like we were talking about the, uh, one of the organizers from, I think, God, I can't remember what Buffalo store it was, but she just got fired, right. uh, you know, a few I days ago yeah. before recording that this, was, um, uh, you know, early April. Yeah. That was, I, I've got her name pulled up, uh, Layla Dalton, Layla yeah. Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. So she got fired recently and for union organizing, by the way, for union organizing. Yes. And the response to that I'm seeing is so, so collectivist. It's, you know, it's she is part of the movement. It's not, you know, we need to fix this specific girl's situation. It's we need to fix this situation from ever. Happening. No, yeah, no. I, yeah. You know, and of course you of course you want to get her her job back. But I'm seeing so much more of a collective systemic view of it rather than an individual view of it. And that's a lot of what we're seeing with the Amazon labor union, too. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Chris Smalls in a little bit, but he, uh, he was the, he's the president of their union and he got fired back in 2020 for organizing a COVID protest, but he and the other, he's um, like anti-mask. He tried to like organize a trucker freedom rally (laughs) while cut that. No. Yeah. Fuck you. No, he, Chris Smalls is good. I just want to unequivocally say, and that that was misinformation. <laughs> the other organizers, constantly I have been canceled. State. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We regret um, to inform you that Chris. Smalls- 
No, they they consistently emphasize over and over again that they are just people. They're not, you know, they're not the leaders. They're not the, you know, the uh, people to look up to. They're just guys. They're the same as everybody else in the union. And it it genuinely seems to be a collectivist frame of mind in all of these new unions. It's so no, cool. Yeah, I, I, I think I may, like might have misspoke or didn't get my point across directly here. I, I was speaking more. I did also want to make a <laughs> right. tangent off of your shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we're definitely we're definitely seeing that. But um, as as far as it being a trend, I mean, for so fucking long, like your politics, you're not actually enacting politics. Your participation in politics is limited to essentially culture war bullshit. Are you red or are you blue? Yeah. And that's how you signal your political, um, you know. The, your political beliefs, your inclinations, whatever. And that's what I mean by individual, like aesthetic expression when it comes to politics. But we are seeing that change with the union sure. thing. And even if, you know, even if people are just sharing TikToks or whatever, if that fits, like, if it is a trend, I don't have an issue with it. Because even though there is more collectivist presence, there's more, um, you know, a sense of, like camaraderie and solidarity you still need positive press you know you still need you still need that positive trend there to keep it (laughs) to keep it going because i mean we can sit here and talk about how good unions are all day we 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 occupy a very specific (laughs) set of twitter (laughs) like that's where we get our news that's where we get yeah like we're not gonna see someone on our timeline (laughs) that we respect and trust saying like no unions are a bad thing but it's the fact that th- th- this I mean, is every trending. once in a while you do, and it kind of makes you like, right. Hmm. <laughs> but it is <laughs> the very fact that this is trending. And because trends are so important to American political discourse that, uh, that that's what I mean by like the aesthetics of it. But yeah, definitely sure. when it actually comes to the organizing and the support and everything like that, it's fucking it's yeah, it's good. Yeah. And I do, I want to issue a first, here on the Sunday morning podcast, one of us is going to apologize for one of our takes. I was incorrect. In an earlier episode, I stated about how uh, leftism was a, was a general trend. I do still believe that, and I do believe that a lot of people hopped on it, especially uh, in, in 2020, uh, especially during COVID lockdown. I think a lot of people just kind of thought that it sounded really good because they finally realized that they're under the boot as well. But I do want to say that I have noticed a big difference. I would like to issue a uh, a retraction of my of my previous statement because I do believe that a lot of people did get involved with leftism as some sort of aesthetic or some sort of just kind of like bullshit masturbatory thing that they could pick up and and feel good about themselves about. But I think that a lot of people kind of once they got to that point realized like, oh. I do care about other people. I do like have empathy for, for other human beings. And I think that it kind of did extend past that. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, like I said, issuing, I, what I believe is the first retraction of any take on the Sunday morning podcast. Um, See, I didn't even fucking remember that you had said that, but our listeners are substantially right. smarter than we are, and some of them probably. Did. I fucking hope I'd, I'd like to that. issue an apology for the bad yeah. transatlantic accent I did during the Halloween role playing. If we're just, uh, if we're just throwing, no, you absolutely <laughs> do not have to apologize. It's culturally that. insensitive to to who whites in the 1930s, <laughs> to the Great Gatsby specifically. <laughs> So getting back to the actual <laughs> fucking topic at hand, now that we're done with all of your bullshit apologies. Uh, <laughs> okay, <I'm- laughs> fuck you. I try to make a cogent point about how I've been wrong and about how the labor movement is actually more impressive than I had initially conceptualized. Yeah, sure. <laughs> fuck me. Right, Alex? Yeah. I really okay. meant it, yeah. too. Go suck a dick. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, if you <laughs> and you're in a union, they can't do anything about it. I've heard this. the weather yeah, channel said that. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you put. <laughs> nope. We're not doing this right now. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Back to the point. No, a lot of, a lot of what I've seen, a lot of what I've seen 
like in the past and what I hear a lot from, you know, like family members and like boomer parents and shit like that is, you know, if you don't like your, your job, just go get a different one. And that's, uh, that's more of that, like individualistic thinking. And it's really cool that people are starting to, you know, stick around and choose to change things, you know, cause sure all 8,300 of those Amazon workers could have just gotten, you know, left and chosen to remove themselves from those conditions. And instead they chose to stay and fight for something that they believed could be better. Yeah. That's sick as fuck. That's actually something I, I really wanted to talk about that I thought was very, very cool was Chris Smalls specifically said, so he did kind of like an informal, informal interview uh, with NPR uh, just talked with him on on Twitter. And one of the big things he mentioned was specifically that was like, oh, yeah, like it's super easy to just kind of quit your job <coughs> and fuck off and and go to the next piece of shit that you're going to be making money for. But like that yeah. is not the way to change anything, because any time that you get fired, any time that you quit your job, your boss just hires somebody else. They take your place and they do the exact same thing. And so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest, like, I, I guess I'm just too dumb for it, but that is legitimately something like that is an angle that I had not really considered before. And, and it's something that's true because in order to make any sort of change in an organization, you can't just quit and leave because to some point, even if you don't want to admit it, it just legitimizes management's grievances with you, even if they're completely illegitimate because they they get the validation that they're looking for you get the validation that you're looking for and nothing changes mm-hmm. and yeah yeah but that's all that's all i i don't have anything important or well, intelligent in that, to in say that same that. npr just, interview didn't chris smalls say that he's gotten emails from like 50 different warehouses in four countries i think on our notes here like yeah. south africa yeah, india canada and the united kingdom i didn't even fucking know amazon had warehouses in these places like Literally me neither until I what started. What are you talking? Did you think they were just United States? Well, no, but yeah, I ship didn't them, ship them to where I knew that they had warehouses that were out of the country. I am not a man who considers global shipping infrastructure uh, at all. Sure. So here's my take on the supply shortage. <laughs> I mean, look, I got to dab my dick after I piss every day or I get it all over my boxers. So. No, I'm not too uh, too up to date on the logistics <laughs> but, of the global supply chain. But, but. yeah, yeah, I I, I just thought it. <laughs> but was, I'm trying. Um, I'm trying. Cool that you know. Obviously, there are so many different warehouses, and it's the same thing with Starbucks that we're not going to hear about each individual story. We're going to hear about the big ones. We're going to hear about the meaningful ones. But the fact that it's fucking fifty different warehouses, and I'm sure more are going to follow. Like follow. It's been what? It's been a couple days. It's been a week, and. Same thing with Starbucks, you know, it's been a month and you have 200 places trying to unionize. It's important to share that information with the public. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's been like it's been like five months. Lyle, you can you can bleep this out. But I mean, the only thing that like brings me like the idea of anything that that really brings me joy anymore that isn't like. Is that like. We have shit like this going on. Like there are legitimately people who are a lot smarter than me, who are a lot better organized than me, who are continuing to fight for things that I believe that we as all people deserve. And and like getting to see this, it's it's really cool. It feels like it feels like a movement. And and this is something mm. that has I mean, it's been going on since fucking 2018. It it all started with like teacher striking in in west virginia and it was just kind of <laughs> sorry right no i i just wanted to say and i don't mean this in a mean way cut it with the like smarter than me like more organized than me bullshit because at the end of the day these are stories about litters but there is power in being literally just some guy <laughs> you know yeah. yeah yeah no i i no i i absolutely agree it's I, that's kind of their whole thing. That was something. So it is not. So I also just want to say it's not just Chris Smalls, something I haven't really seen talked about a lot. One of the other people who helped to co-found the Amazon Labor Union, uh, his name is Derek Palmer. He is a current associate at the Staten Island warehouse, and and he was a big piece of this. But you're right. Like that is something that they continuously yeah. talked about is just the fact that they are like 
normal guys. That I, I think yeah. that's literally what they said in the interview. It's like, oh, we're normal 30-year-olds. Like we like to go, we like to go party, we hang out with our friends and like like we just kind of do shit and that's it. And like those people were able to lead one of the most powerful like union organization efforts that I have personally seen in my lifetime. It's one it's one of the largest in at least the last 30 years, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. I mean, oh, I didn't okay. n- new. No, like like in terms of size, like new okay, unionization right. efforts in the last okay. 30 years. You mean new? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about like the Kellogg strike with an already established union. I'm saying like new unionization efforts. There hasn't been one this big since I think your notes, Tom, said 86. 86. And it, it and it started with the teacher strikes in 2018. And it was like West Virginia, Kentucky, and um, I want to say it was Colorado or like Arizona. There were at least four or five states where a bunch of teachers organized strikes and walkouts over bullshit working conditions, over bullshit pay. And and it worked. And it was the massive it was literally the largest labor stoppage in history since the mid 1980s and that is fucking insane and that is something that i personally kind of attribute to sorry not not personally attribute something that i consider as being like one of the attributing factors to what we are seeing now it was kind of the gateway for a lot of people to say well fuck i can demand more for myself too yeah. Yeah, I would tend to agree. And honestly, I would I, you know, I don't know if history will bear this out, but I would be willing to bet that these Starbucks unionizations are going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest driving factors behind unionization efforts. Just because they are so widespread, because it's it's not one big union of 8,300 people that you hear about and then it's gone from the news, it's, here's a Starbucks union two days later. Here's a Starbucks union two days later. It's just constantly in the news. It was in my local news because my local one was unionizing. It's in the fe- the national news because there's another one in this city unionizing. It's just constantly, constantly, constantly in the news. And it, you know, they're small unionization efforts, but it reminds people that you can unionize i think that's gonna yeah really what's help. different between like amazon and starbucks is they're both important and like the extremely important in different ways what i really appreciate about the starbucks unionization is these are people that you go in you go into the starbucks and you see them you interact with them like um you know like even if you're unionized working service is a fucking nightmare Let's pretend that that's like entirely going yeah. away but these are people and you get to see firsthand, you know, um, when workers have more protections, they're more productive, you know, yeah. they give you better service. And yeah, <laughs> these people, these people will see crazy yeah, and uh, the people will see the benefits of the union firsthand and think, huh, maybe, you know, it doesn't make everyone lazy for the fucking. Yeah. Amazon, it's a little different because, you know, you're obviously not interacting with the warehouse um, staff. Yeah. Um, unless you're like forcing them to do, uh, TikTok dances in front of your ring so that you can yeah. put it up on TikTok at gunpoint. Um, at that point you are interacting with them, but I never but let should... my Amazon driver leave my house unless he default dances after he drops uh, my package off. She's like, Hey, <sighs> Hey, could you Fortnite dance for me, please? I hate that. That's a fucking thing. Oh, it's terrible. I, I, I yeah, genuinely I think if you ask someone to do that or if you ask like a pizza delivery driver to do like a little joke, like everyone thinks it's funny. You're a fucking sick person for making somebody perform for you're a psychopath. For, yeah. For your amusement, basically. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. withholding money from them until they do so. Yes. It is yeah. contingent upon them doing their little dance that you give them a tip, you know, or that you pay their salary by ordering a ball scratcher but also right also if this is who you are as a person feel free to dm me on twitter uh just send me your home address um and your driver's license and we'll get it all sorted out for you okay Why the we'll, driver's we'll send delivery drivers who actually want to dance yes <laughs> yes exactly yeah. there we go yeah i will i'll come dance in front of your ring doorbell 
for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll do all the fucking Fortnite dances. Um, I've broken <laughs> both of my knees and, and elbows. So I got the, I got the whole, the joint shit on lock. So don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. just send me your You're- address and I'll, I'll come, I'll come Millie rock until you fucking vomit. <laughs> Tom, can you can you please come to my house and just do 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 do? I mean, I'll be there on June second, right? Fuck. Uh, God, it's, I, right? I, I I think with um with that little segue, I, I think Cut it that, would we be. We can't let the people know we're assembling. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think it would be. I, I think it would be a good little promo to say that we will be recording a live episode at some point in early June. Uh, uh, do we know that for sure? I'm bringing my shit. <laughs> no promises, but hopefully we'll get a like even a short live episode. Yeah, the plans sure. are yeah. to do enough stimulants that our brains overheat. Um, so stay tuned. I'm the only one coming in via land, so I <laughs> to summarize, we love unions. We love this union. This fucking whips ass. It's all very cool. We're going to talk about hand job Jenkins now. Zach Okay, am I am I the one who gets to present this? And John Jenkins, <laughs> yeah. We need that with the air horns. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. So, anyways, brand new. Anyways, off to the bathroom. Brand we'll new development in the uh the fetus stealing case that we discussed last week. Um, last week, what did we say? It was five fetuses, right? Yep, yeah, five. Because that's what it was last week. And now, now we have some new information live from the scene. Um, that number has jumped from five to one hundred and fifteen. Five of those were um like you know found on the location in her apartment or whatever. Um, a hundred and ten of them are buried in an undisclosed location. I just how do you have enough space? Like that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um. <laughs> fucking what what was it so it turns out they were actually doing some christian ritual with these fetuses wait really i didn't hear that i'm fairly i'm fairly certain that they were doing a baptism ritual um they were they were holding baptism masses for them and then you know burying them let me look up the details on that i don't want to yeah so while you're looking that up i'm gonna read off some of the other shit that we do yes. know her story that she's given now uh we've discovered where they came from she says that a driver for a medical waste disposal company just gave them to her to nobody's fucking surprise the company denies this because if they didn't do it then of course they would deny it and if they did do it then of course they would deny it because that's fucking insane um right apparently this is from npr the two women saw the medical waste truck from curtis bay medical waste services outside washington surgery clinic which performs medical procedures such as abortions the women said that they took the box to handy's apartment um and uh well one they got the fetal remains from a medical waste company employee who gave them the box from his truck i'm very curious to see what the fuck the process was in the in the truck driver's head yeah, because again, we talked about this last time. There's no fucking way it's legal to just like take them. Right. There's no way the guy can be like, yeah, I'm not going to use them. You guys can have them. Yeah. I think even for like just in terms of um, like medical biohazard safety, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, no. The, also, the, the whole point is moot because the company doesn't even transport fetal material like that's. I I don't know uh, where we looked this up, but like somebody looked at the companies like, uh, you know, like what they do. They don't even fucking transport fetal material. Mm. Why did they have it? Why did she have it? Where what size box do you fit 115 fetuses in? What the like? So really, this opens more questions than it answers. I found some more information and this is actually making it worse. I oh thought God. I went down the rabbit hole far enough to talk about it this week. Um a speaker at an anti-abortion like conference thing. Um apparently this was like an open secret in the anti-abortion circle. Uh, another spe- yeah, <laughs> fandom. 
The anti-abortion fandom is dying. <laughs> yeah. The handy fandom is dying. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Re- re- retweet if, if you love handies. Yeah. Re- <laughs> retweet if you're a real handy fan. Um, but uh, <laughs> another speaker falsely claimed that the medical waste company burns fetal remains to power Baltimore homes. Then the group showed what can only be described as an unboxing video of fetuses. They presented video of them taking this medical waste that they claim are fucking children to a conference and showed like an unboxing from whatever waste material box, biohazard box they were fucking in. I genuinely think this is the most disgusting, crazy story of, of this year so far, if not the fucking decade. Like the 2020s. And competition is fucking fierce. Yes. Fucking fierce. Burning fetuses to power Baltimore homes is fucking metal. Like Wrong. Wrong. Gonna go ahead and take a hardline stance (laughs) against that and say that it is not cool. Um, Yeah. Uh, But continue. Continue. (laughs) All right. Hey, hey, Lyle, can you you cut that, my guy? (laughs) So, Handjob Lauren, basically this whole thing. So... If you were keeping up, I should text her. I don't think we've said her name right once this whole episode. <laughs> cut me so good old hand cut job. Cut me saying I should text her. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. Um, if you stole 120 fetuses from a medical waste truck, I'm gonna call you whatever the fuck I want. That's, that's I'm sorry. You don't you don't really get a say. Yeah. That okay. So hand job Jenkins. Um. Was originally arrested whenever they found what five fetuses in five. They found what five fetuses in her home, and then that number jumped up this week. They admitted they just like kind of came out. Yeah, and Zach admitted, already by the went way. over. Zach oh, already shit. went over most okay. of this. Right. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Okay, sorry. Continue. Did you think we were just jacking off while you were gone? Yeah. I mean, okay. is that not what you guys normally do? Um, okay, so I finally found um the information about. I don't know. I don't know where I saw this. So I feel bad saying it was like a baptism mass or something like to, you know, Kristen, the fetuses. It's fine. We're spreading misinformation. So just whatever sounds funniest to you. I heard this on the weather. Yeah, channel. The Sunday morning podcast has no guarantees of I, no, Zach. I remember the article. It was it was um, it was not they it was not like some weird ritual. It was they uh, like each one of them. Before they buried them in the undisclosed location, they baptized them, which I don't know if you can do for like for a like even a dead person. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can baptize posthumously, but um, it, it wasn't like a ritual or anything. It was just like part of like, quote unquote, laying them to rest if you, you know, yeah. Okay. So that's what they were doing. The the way that they claim that they got. They got the fetuses from the truck driver as um, they said that they would take the waste and give the remains a proper burial. I still do not think that. I don't think that's what happened, considering these are the people that held a Planned Parenthood or abortion clinic hostage. My thought was that they, um, you know, fucking stole it then. But apparently it's more nefarious than that. I'm assuming there was probably some level of hostile takeover of this truck. Like absolutely yes, this, I one hundred percent believe that. This yes. this this has gone from like, you know, just creepy territory, like one insane women, to being a fucking well organized Ocean's Eleven style heist. Yes, yes, with that's no what I was going to say. Is it reminds me of like the fucking the Departed or the Town or whichever one where they're fucking knocking off armored trucks, like. That's what I imagine in this situation is they've got like the fucking ski masks. They got like M16s and they are ready to hold up this fucking truck so that they can get. They have one woman who was retired, but she came back for the big one. For one last job. (laughs) For one last job. (laughs) Even their cover story is fucking stupid, though. Like, there's no way the guy would have just given them to him. No. And okay. Why do you think that's your cover story? Hold on, hold on, because on top of all of that, I looked into it, and the company that they claim that they got it from is straight up like, no, we literally do not transport fetuses. Like, we do not deal with that sort of medical waste. Like, we deal with medical waste, just not 
not aborted fetuses. Um, um, also, I looked up uh, posthumous baptisms and that practice was forbidden by the councils of Carthage in the fourth century. So oh, God damn it. Councils of Carthage, Carthage always fucking my shit As up. a traditionalist, always. I do not respect the edicts of the council of Carthage. <laughs> Carthage. Roman statue profile pictures arguing about the council of Carthage and its rulings. <laughs> Zach is like an ultra traditionalist going back to 399 AD. <laughs> You are uh, pussies. <laughs> the only the only people that still do posthumous baptisms is Mormons, uh, and people are people are really mad at them for it. Yeah, and I read really. I mean, this this the that's what they're. Lauren Lauren Handy's um <laughs> whatever the fuck her name is um her she's self described as a Catholic anarchist, so that gives you everything. Let's yeah. fucking go! Hell um, yes! Hell yes. Also, <laughs> just no the, uh, concept of the English language. <laughs> uh, going back to uh, posthumous baptisms, the Mormon church has come under fire uh, within the last 10 years because they uh, tried to posthumously baptize three relatives of uh, Ellie Wiesel the, uh, the, after they died. What? Yeah. The Holocaust The survivor? one who yeah. wrote Night? Yeah. No. Oh. No. That's it. The episode's a wrap. Fuck. That's done. They also posthumously baptized the parents of Nazi hunter Simon Weisenthal, uh, which is also a little questionable. That is horrifying. That is repulsive on a level that, like, cannot be substantiated. I am struggling yeah. to find words with. <laughs> like, like, holy shit. Holy oh, shit. Oh, they, um, they also posthumously baptized Obama's mother. That's fine. She can be Mormon. I don't care. Ellie Wiesel, man. What the fuck? That, yeah, that's, that's, that's bad. That's, that's really like, bad. Who? that's like straight up marketing on their part. And they're like, yeah, we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll posthumously that's baptize. That's like a big, like, that's a reach. You know, if you're trying to like popularize this as a thing, you know, you that's start bad. small. You don't go, you don't go to the top. You don't fucking, you know. Well, you're basically you're basically you're basically you're basically stealing the ancestral like meaning of Holocaust. Uh, yeah. Of Holocaust victims, like there's literally Holy I can't think of in, in all of like um, American history. I can't think, or like world history. I can't think of a worse thing you could do than mess with the memories of Holocaust victims. Everything I learn about this story, it, it, we went from something just absolutely horrifying on like a cosmic level to something else equally and as incredibly horrifying on a cosmic level Two completely unrelated stories. I don't want to talk about this shit anymore. I'm like, we're going to yeah. like, no, I'm like <laughs> genuinely upset about all of this. Also like, though, I, do we have if, anything else like fun and happy to talk about? If we, go, if we go off of this, if we go off of this, Lauren Handy is practicing is she's doing Christian practices that have been banned for 1600 years. What the fuck is like? <laughs> I, I still can't head. believe just, if she's if she's that invested in like her religion and her beliefs, you'd think she would know that she's not supposed to fucking d do. I just stuff I, like I that. still can't get over the fact that when they like caught her and like arrested her, you know, white woman sitting on like unrestrained on the fucking street corner, she's like, oh yeah, I guess you know, I figured it was a matter of time before this came out. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, she's like, oh fuck, people are just gonna overreact uh, to this, like. Oh. They like actually, it's a fucking inconvenience to her that their reaction would be of the proportion just another that it fucking was. Monday. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, I am, I'm struggling with. All right. Yep. Yep. I, I, I realized we forgot to talk about this earlier, and I think um this might be the most important story. Um, and I it wasn't on the document. I didn't want to put it on the document. I didn't want to put it on the agenda. I think we need to talk about Madam Speaker. A little, little yeah, secret. I treat. think we need to talk about Madam Speaker Nancy Pelosi and wish her well in her speedy recovery from COVID nineteen. Our namesake, our uh, 
our inspiration. Some might even call her our muse. <laughs> As did the novel coronavirus. But wouldn't it, it, it be yeah, funny? It'd be, it'd be funny. It'd be, yeah. <laughs> so the thing, the thing for me I'm that's not amusing saying it, but wouldn't is, it be funny? The thing for me that's, that's amusing is like, you know, say, say she, you know, loses her battle, um, you know, and goes into the great beyond, you know, it would break the great my heart, filibuster. But what a gigantic, what a fucking L, the largest L I can possibly imagine to die of COVID with the best health care that it is possible to have in the entire United States of America, which isn't saying and- much. And $10,000 of ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like three years into COVID or what, what is it now? Like two and change. We just passed two years. Whatever. We're on year three. It's like this late Uh, into the game. How the fuck are you getting? How the fuck are you getting COVID as the speaker of the house this late into the game? I'll be honest, I'm I'm shocked. I really did not think that she interacted with anybody that wasn't in like a gimp suit with the immediate they, threat they of death keep if her, they didn't like do exactly They keep her in the same pool of black liquid that they keep the Baron Harkonnen in from Dune. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. somehow <laughs> someone walked into the fucking room without a mask on. <laughs> that's that's actually more upsetting though, because in the I Dune literally books, believe that in the Dune books, uh, they they write the Baron uh, Harkonnen as you know campy and gay, um, and he like he's like supposed to be like a scary gay man, so he's a sexual predator, and they left the sexual predator part in for Nancy Pelosi, but took out like the funny, you know, the funny gay parts. So she's just. So it's just super homophobic. Yeah, so she's just homophobic <laughs> predator, still in the ooze, but like none of the fun right. stuff. It's really it's it's, it's like yeah, it's like old school homophobia where it's just kind of like shit that your grandpa would say in a retirement home, and you're like much yeah. like much like Joe Biden okay. again. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, like that video of yeah. him walking around completely aimless for 15 seconds, just kind of staring at everybody speaking to Obama. Um, right. Yeah, like it's very much the same thing to me. Just kind of this like clueless, amorphous like soup. And I believe that that is just what they craft every Democrat. I do respect them for keeping Nancy Pelosi in the nutrient slime, though, because some people, you know, some people might not have seen that as a, you know, good move. Oh, fuck. Do you remember that address she had like a year ago where she was just like wet, where she just looked damp yes. the whole time? Yeah. It's yeah. Like she had was, literally just come out of a fucking cryo It's because she was in the pit of ooze that they from Dune. That's why she was wet. She'd just come out of the ooze. That's what Rudy Giuliani came out of, too, when he started sweating his hair dye into his fucking eyeballs. No, he didn't come out of the pit because he's always dry, except for when he was sweating. Like he was a flaky, dry man. And he just sweat that one time. Yeah, it's just so like, it's so crazy to me that his phone number is 917-951-3862. It's <laughs> just so crazy to me. <laughs> that is his actual, or was at least for a time. I was going to say it number. was. <laughs> yeah. He blocked me, but. <laughs> like, that's not a bit. That's his real phone number. It was. It was. It's not anymore, which I genuinely believe makes this illegal because it's not any actual identifying information. But uh, for a while, that that was his his actual phone number. So uh, fuck it. Maybe uh, fuck it. I'll give him a call right now. All right. Live on air. Let's see what Rudy has to say. All right. I don't know what you guys were discussing. I I was just Tom's calling Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. I'm live on the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we were just Anyways. discussing. We are discussing. You know, which politicians have been in the ooze pit, the nutrient slime. Yeah. Yes, Pelosi. That's why she was wet during that one address. No. Who's eating the most Giuliani. nutrient ooze, though? That's what I want to talk about. Who is sucking and slurping that nutrient slime? Hmm? That's actually what a good. What the fuck question. are you talking about, Jesse? The the pit <laughs> the pit from Dune. I'm choosing to assume is some sort of like nutrient goop. Okay, okay. Who's sucking and slurping yeah, that makes the sense. nutrient goop? Yep. 
slipping and sliding in the new ship. What I'm going to assume is oh, that Ly- Lyle is the one sucking, slurping on the j- nutrient goop, and that's how he stays young and looking like an egg. Smooth. <laughs> it's also Anyways. It's also how I, he balances uh, his diet of only hot dogs. Is It's like taking a multivitamin <laughs> for him. The goop has all the stuff that he misses out by just eating processed meats. <laughs> Anyways, to uh to round it all out, I think um it's time to offer a get well soon and speedy recovery to Nancy Pelosi from all of us here at the Good Morning Sunday Morning Podcast. Alex, you want to take us away? I do hope that Nancy Pelosi does not have COVID for a very long time. That is all I'll say on yep. the subject, but I hope that she yep. does not have it for long. <laughs> I hope that Nancy Pelosi's COVID uh, resolves itself very quickly. (laughs) Get better, Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's uh, ending on a positive note. Uh, You guys know where you can find us uh, at Sunday underscore pod on Twitter. You know, we got the website sundaymorningpod.com. You can find us there. Uh, Leave us some reviews on Spotify and iTunes. Thank you for listening to this episode, and thank you to our patrons. I don't have you guys pulled up, but you know who you are. Uh, we love you guys. We're going to give you a big kiss on the forehead. Um, and thank you to our listeners. We've been having uh, some episodes recently that we've really enjoyed. Uh, we've had some good guests on. We're going to try and get some more good guests. Thank you guys for sticking around and making it worth getting together every week and saying stupid things into a recording microphone. All right. That is, that's about all we have for you guys this week. So as always, good morning, Sunday morning. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week.